Welcome back to 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 Talking Stupid. Welcome everyone to the first episode of Talking Stupid. It's a chaotic inquisition of all things lawful stupid. I'm your host, Inverted Zebra. You probably recognize me from some of my other uh, featured cameos, such as Fuck You Zebes and some other <laughs> random chuckles we get during the podcast. Uh, so we're going to run down uh, some of the most recent episodes and give you guys all a little behind the scenes, some some character thoughts, some... some uh, insights to Dwayne's world and and just uh, yeah have some fun with it so obviously yes and obviously got the whole crew joining us today so in a very particular order based on their best breakfast cereals I've got Dwayne the pigeonist of toes Peden yeah <laughs> terrible I did not see that coming <laughs> Now I get why, yeah, you don't lose your tempo. We got Devin, Thundercakes Davenport. <laughs> She's a bona fide artist, Avon, um. and probably to a T of his own style, well, where only 2% will get this, Chainsaw Jim Duggan. So... I'm the 98%. <laughs> so I'm the 98% too. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, if you... Jim, <laughs> anyone? They're out there. Don't worry. They're out there. Thanks. I tell myself, I got. Yeah. Cool. There's They're somebody there. who knows like '90s era Hulk Hogan wrestling stars. So <laughs> we'll we'll get there. <laughs> all right. So we're not going to go all the way back. We're going to start off uh, after well the episode right before uh, Devin comes back with his new character Paul. So episodes 30 through what we just recorded 35 so as a refresher that's defeating the goo dragon heading out of the cave and everything forward to what we just recorded awesome all right so again this time in no particular order because i'm really good at fidgeting and shuffling the questions i wrote up i'm going to start with you shane okay all right so back as you guys exited the cave we had a scene where May looks at you, says, I don't feel good, and collapses. And I mentioned this before. We all kind of had that 
that Thanos snap moment where we thought yeah. she was just done. I thought I thought Dwayne was gonna erase her from the universe. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, like, I being delicate recorded, you just get deleted. <laughs> <laughs> so, how if that had played out that way, how do you feel like it would have affected Gus? Mm. Uh, so, I have a plan for if uh, Gus were to lose bank. Should I, should I say more than that? I don't know. Because it could still happen. It's true. Up to you how much you feel comfortable. I don't, I don't I want to be in, I could be either encouraged or this uh, <laughs> 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 way. Don't dangle the carrot. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It starts uh, with him... As a, as a reaction to the trauma, uh, losing his sense of taste. Ooh. Gus, and, uh, the Oathbreaker Paladin. <laughs> you know, and, it, and, it, and it goes from there. In traditional Shane fashion. It's super dark <laughs> for you. And they, like any other show, you're like, oh, he loses his taste. Like, oh, man, it went real bad. Like, what happened? I feel like that's, that's even more insane than the, the fume transition that we got the other <laughs> like whew. Right. Uh, to that uh, as we're again heading out of the cave Avon you've got this interaction going on between the stone uh, and Cassiel and then we get into some more fun bits and it really seems like and maybe it naturally felt that way because of course Cassiel's played by Ginge your husband uh-huh. but but it felt like, uh, especially in that scene where he's sobering back up but hungover and you give him the kiss, that, that maybe Darling's getting some feels for Cassiel. And we've seen her be a little bit of a player beforehand. So just your thoughts on, on where she's at in that headspace. I mean, Cassiel's kind of just like another traveling buddy. Uh, I don't feel like it's any different than her time at the um, Asylum of Style. Um, like, as much as I, as Avon, want her to, like, fall in love with the character my husband plays, which I think is real cute. I did it back in C3. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> um, it, he, he's a, currently a nice buddy to talk to. Uh, a little bit different than family, but I don't think they're at a stage of growth for them to, for her to lean either way. That was just kind of like, just just a little, feel better. Gotcha. Counterpoint, uh, you never kiss Tuck Duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, there's that too, I guess, but... And that's why there's a war now in episode 35. <laughs> <laughs> you need to play Romeo and Juliet with we, we, we didn't know that the, the most aggressive of, of those squabble coming our way was, was Tuck Tuck with a broken heart. <laughs> Unrequited love. No, no, no. You uh, have even more tales now. I think what you're looking for is Bitter Blue. That's what that's going to be. That's another oh. Bonnie Tyler song. <laughs> tuck Tuck, like, just because... He's got more of a little brother vibe that I picked up with he's her. He's 16. Yeah, oh, he's also 16. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we never quite got established. Is that 16 out of 20? And he... Listen, t- <laughs> t- 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 
Tuck said for podcast purposes, he would be 18. It's <laughs> <laughs> sure, legally on his podcast record. <laughs> He's on, on, on the official wiki, it says 16. That's crossed out. And then it says 18. For podcasts. <laughs> and then wink. And then totally legal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever age is legal in your jurisdiction, and then and then the, so it's the word wink, and then a winky face, like an emoji. An emoji. <laughs> All right. So, Dwayne, I, I had to ask this. The the curiosity got to me. So, the goo dragon that they battled, and then knowing that May got cursed shortly after her interactions with that dragon. Is the Goo Dragon a specific creature you developed for Agos, or is that a normal dragon and that is what the curse does to it when it gets to the end stages? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, it is, I, w- I will answer this as a, a, uh, vaguely as possible or as mysteriously as possible. Um, that is not a specific creature developed for Agos. That was pretty mysterious. Mm-hmm. Kind of mysterious. I'm I, I'm captivated by mystery. <laughs> All right. So we we'll go full circle now, Devin. Mm-hmm. From from the minute Paul Barro, am I rolling enough R's? Do think when you're saying bottom think of um when uh Scarface is like shooting is you gotta do like a lot of that, you know. We'll 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 get to the end of the first episode of Talking <laughs> Stupid by the time I finish his name. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he comes out and, and clearly he is like uh, a showman. He's got that extreme, confident bravado. And then there's a moment right before the airship scene where he pauses and you guys let Avon go ahead alone. Is Was that like partially a, a metagame fluke and or is that more of a sign that he is a little bit more talk and not just like foolhardy run in? It may have been fluke because the way that I'm I'm playing Pobaro is that he's very much into conflict. I think there are just some things that happen for him that he can't control, which may come up later on here in the episodes um, with the blood thing. But no, he he's into getting in, getting and getting hands on very much. And and I I do want to say I, I don't even think it's in a form of a question I can make, but the. I, I want to comment because it's the most respectful way I've ever seen uh, out of all the D&D shows and content I consume. You guys hit a stride and everybody knows that when you're getting into a character or a scene, it can be really easy to dive full force in. And I think Dwayne caught on that like that might be making somebody uncomfortable or not quite where you guys want to take things. There is like a quick note and no stumble you guys just carried on and respected everybody's boundaries and I thought that was very cool because I know there's a lot of teams that you know having to stop in the middle of something like that uh, is a stumbling block Um, and is that something that you guys feel like uh, is just learned over time or because you guys have such good camaraderie or Uh, I'll, I'll jump in on that real quick and say that um 
that is the direct result of a session zero. Um, a good session zero where we ask people's comfortability and their lines and, you know, what's too far. And that's that was a line that was discussed. And uh, as soon as, you know, and you'll and even I forgot hear my the just, line. And yeah, and that's fine. You'll even hear, line. like, my descriptions on those things are lighter than I, I maybe I typically would. Just because when I get excited, I'm like, yeah, devil's in the details. But, um, you know, we try to keep that to a minimum because it it is a boundary and and frankly mm-hmm. it, you know it's probably a good point that we don't dive too deep into that stuff like uh like some of the stuff that happened at Delmore I loved right because the devil's in the details <laughs> but I also understand where that can make people go Bleh. so because it was a very tough scene yeah I really appreciate uh, I love it Dwayne telling me to like headphones off for some of the details scenes or at least when there's more of them Definitely, and you know, I, I think I think it goes like you guys do have like a very natural like back and forth and candor with each other and that respect for boundaries, and this is kind of to all of you guys, but it was a scene that Shane and Devin had pull up that just floored me on the the just very like multi dimensional role play is we had Paul Barrow show up, uh, and when. You guys are deciding, like, to head off and he needs to join the group, you know. He he makes that comment about, like, just ask for my help. And Shane digs heels in is like, I will never, I will never ask for your help. <laughs> and that had such an organic, like, these two are brothers. There is a history there. Like, even if it's not told, it just immediately feels like this, this has happened before. Um... And so for, for listeners who are trying to role play, like, is, is that just luck when you stumble into that? Like, I know you guys don't prearrange those conversations. So, like, how would you help people, like, make those role plays more real? Uh, I think that that particular scene, uh, I, I, for me, I just kind of made a snap judgment that was going to be like, hey, I'm going to be the big bro. I'm going to, I'm going to big, I'm, or, or like, even, even if I'm not the big bro, I'm going to like big bro posture to Paul Barrow. Uh, and I think that that's going to get a rise out of him. And, and it's, it's a thing that I, I've gone back to in, in later episodes of just kind of like that, that teasing relationship. Um, and Devin is just the champion. Yes. Ander uh, of the world. Um, and the way that he carries that, and I think are just our natural, uh, you know, De- Devin is my brother, so it's very easy for me to to just get kind of into their role because it's it's kind of like the relationship that we have. Yeah, and I think also like the dynamic of us being siblings has been just really fun. No matter no matter what, like hopping in and out of these. Well, I say me. I've only had I've had characters <laughs> hopping in and out of. Them. <laughs> That's like can't has been that. easy. And so, yeah, I, I, but I really like the dynamic with uh, with Avon as well. Is like you know, like we all, and we all have the nick. We have different nicknames. I, I'm doing that on purpose too. Is like now you're the tiny dancer for me, you know. And he's Sprout mm-hmm. and and Gustavo and we and we're just I don't know. I, I found that very fun as a dynamic that Dwayne has allowed us to to pull from as well. I also think about how my because Darling is ultimately like little sister I think about how my youngest sister kind of like interacts with me Hmm. and it's fun and playful Uh, I try my best but I also try to give Darling a bit more extra than my sibling she's a little (laughs) bit meaner (laughs) 
cut that, cut that, cut that, quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Husband. So, Dwayne, as a DM, do you have any pl- plans for future campaigns to take us to a new place in Goron where your creatures don't have mouths or buttholes that the group avoid? I'll quit the day that's. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I wouldn't even say. You know, here's the cool thing about nature. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you if you thought about it, like if all the humans disappeared, the world would go on, right? It would just react. Um, so I'm not even saying you have to go to a new world to find monsters that don't have buttholes. <laughs> I'm just saying nature responds, and sometimes like the, quicker than you think. The life finds a way mentality of like from now 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 the buttholes have teeth. Now, now, now their multi-attack includes a butthole action because they have had to develop stronger, more fierce buttholes to defend against. They've got reactions for butthole defenses, you know. No, that makes perfect sense. Where can I get one of them reactionary buttholes? Well, first thing you got to do is you got to get you got to practice swallowing little bits of broken glass. You got to be a what they call a power bottom. Crunch. This, this, this segment brought to you by Nestle Crunch Bar. Oh no! <laughs> and then Gus's philosophy: nom or be numbed. He kind of mm-hmm. did throw himself into that be numbed situation, but came out of it, uh, it rather explosively. So, is, does that change the way it works, or is that just a funny aspect of being numbed? Uh. Well, that was that was a unique moment for Mouse Gus, in which uh, he had to find <laughs> bravery in a place that because because I so I initially when I wanted to set that scene up, I wanted to be man. I thought these things were bigger than they were, and so I thought, oh, man-sized Gus runs in, turns into an elephant, ha ha ha. You know, I didn't think I would have to be a small, defenseless mouse running into uh, uh, a mouth, but uh, you know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a, a, a power gamer. So mentally I was thinking, you know what? Fact is I'll have less hit points, which means even if I touch stomach acid, if it does any damage to me, I'm a mouse. I'm turning back into a man. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I kind of knew we were in narrative combat and had a feeling of how that would play out. Uh, philosophically, though, I, I, I guess it's like, this is Gus getting wiser and older, and he's just like sitting by the campfire, like roasting his steak. Like sometimes, when you're numb, you actually get numbed. Sometimes, when you get numbed, well, you're the one who numbs. Anyway, I ever tell you kids about numb? <laughs> <laughs> Last time I was numb. It's <laughs> a whole image. <laughs> Was it a winged turd? A turd, turd, winged turd, or something? <laughs> That's gonna be the nickname for it. There's it a turd. Yeah. I hate the shit out of that thing. <laughs> Let me tell you, there wasn't a thing on a ghost that I didn't numb on. Get inside. <laughs> hey, I got one rule. It's, it's, it's if you see me in the woods and you look delicious, you better start talking. I put my mouth on everything. <laughs> you don't know how to talk. You're going to get pet. I know how to milk a whole new cute. set of creatures. Or be adorable. That's your other move. Right. <laughs>
that's the secret asterisk to the list. So. There's now now Gus is gonna run into creatures that appear normal, but then like turn into scary monsters when they're frightened. That's, that's the evolution I want to see. <laughs> the chibi versions of all the monsters we've come before <laughs> who evolved to become adorable, so Gus won't eat them. <laughs> He's such an ecological impact. Honestly, though, isn't that very, very Derringer of, of Gus at that point? Just just goes on adoption spree, and now exactly. Gus has like seventy two rescues. I, you know, I said it when the when the puppy came into play. I said, you know, let's go to Feywild. Let's grab that blink dog. I'm gonna make something real weird. So if that if I have to become, you know, the the God, I don't want to say this term monster breeder with this particular audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some sort of Pokemon Razor. Um, <laughs> that'll, that'll be my destiny, you know. <laughs> gotta raise them all. Gotta raise. Gotta, gotta you're following the Derringer name, you know. Gotta yeah. know them all. <laughs> no, I know their parents. I raised you. <laughs> gotcha. Oh yeah. I'm like a Rockefeller vibe. <laughs> <laughs> So I did want to jump forward into some of the stuff that just happened. I can't, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, we're good. I Honestly, I'm terrible at watching clocks, so I'm not even sure where we're at. 20 minutes. Uh, all right. Well, we'll try and keep these last couple questions uh, concise because I don't want to drag you guys deep into the night. Um, but interesting lore drop today, Abon. We found out that, uh, that your Fox Folk character actually is a fey lineage which i know was a question a lot of us had been curious about if that's just a a natural race to goron but uh how does darling feel about that has she known the whole time uh does she is she actually aware that she's part fey ancestry and you know is she interested in like learning more about that or how does she feel um to be honest she's not entirely sure if it's Exactly, Faye. I'm leaving that up to Dwayne. I'm just basing it off of stories she might have heard as a kid or as she got older. And because foxes tend to be like tricky and mischievous, which is like the same line of Faye, it's, it's very parallel or adjacent, whatever. Um, so I don't think she's interested in exploring it too much further, not unless prompted further. Um, because like we all grew up orphans, however, none of us have gone into looking into like who our previous parents were for whatever reason, or they kind of already know their story. Um, I think without spoiling too much, like Darling's content with the Derringer family as much as she dislikes Toddy, she's she's here. This is her family. The any more than that, it's just icing to a cake, I guess. I really love the version where Darling just thinks she's a normal fox girl until one day she like gets some experience in combat she grows a second tail and she's like oh fuck I'm magic Mm -hmm. (laughs) I only think it's magic she's like I'm a fucking fairy (laughs) (laughs) flies away with tails yeah exactly like Sonic the Hedgehog tails (laughs) later I'll just wait till Dwayne says I can just fly away like tails you get enough tails Mm-hmm. That's just that's just aerodynamics. You can't argue with that. I mean, it's, it's hard to. <laughs> Sonic proved that already. So yeah. yeah. All right, Dwayne. One of the last few questions for you. 
I, I had to like full stop when you said this. So Captain Svan, and then we didn't get any more backstory, description, <laughs> relation, anything. You're going to just dangle that out there? Yeah. Give <laughs> 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 people what they asked for. Got I do plan to poke that storyline, but I need I need Darling to be more interested. I want to. I as a bond so well, desperately. Here's the other thing. <laughs> I fast traveled you guys back from Prentice to New Havenhold. Nobody asked to check on the airship. Nobody asked to investigate that on the way. So And that's after us having a conversation about it. You guys feeling like I was trying to push you away from that story thread versus just push you along. So, the answer is, yeah. Look at Devin. Devin, we we lost Kato. Circumstance yanked Tuck Tuck away from us. We're 35, 36 episodes in, and you're on your third character. So, do you have any well wishes before we lose yeah. uh, before we lose Paul in about six more episodes? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I re- so what I really want to do is I really want to keep Obaro. I'd like to, but I gotta find something to like keep him interesting. I think is going to be probably the hurdle right now. It's 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 like funny to have the relational aspect, but I'm not. He's going to go from here. I'm going to find something. There'll be something, but if not, I'll let Dwayne murder him. <laughs> but I think we're too far yeah, in. That's, that's, what, that's what happened to Kato. Is, Dwayne, is Devin let Dwayne murder him? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've only got two HP left, you know. Just don't look at my character sheet. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> All right. Uh, Last question I'm going to ask for the night. This one actually comes from Imaginer versus Gaming from our Discord. And as a little fun side plug, if you're listening to this and you have questions about additional episodes, behind the scenes stuff, uh, message me. I'll try and sneak them in so that way everybody gets their voice in here and it's not just uh, Zebra playing 20 questions constantly. (laughs) But... He'd like to know what's the scariest or most uncomfortable encounter that you've ever had in a campaign. I mean, I, I, I've played in real life game stores, and I gotta say, it's definitely the smell. <laughs> <laughs> My most intense moment. <clears throat> that I've had or, or, or scariest maybe not scariest but certainly uh, felt the fucking heat the pressure the the genuine anxiety was uh, being uh, Delmore and, and being and having um, two juxtapositions one this desperation for vengeance against um, I want to say the hound but that doesn't sound right uh, the jackal um, and it and the desperation of the fight following that immediately is the, is Delmore who's now in the, the shittiest position uh, and having to uh, like hope and pray that somehow uh, Devin's character is able to make his way through and save him um, that was intense Shane did a great job of setting up the pressure um, yeah. from a narrative standpoint from a gaming standpoint um, 
it was it was good. It, I had a lot of anxiety around that. Not like I a will bad trigger way. you again. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking. No, somebody else. Nobody got else it. has an answer for that. I said mine. What you got, Devin? Uh, I think who were we fighting? Maybe it was a chain demon. So I think it's all Shane's campaign. I think it was the chain demon. When did when did I lose that golden egg that like that they're so mad at me that about? Was for, that was at the casino. No, it was the chain demon. It was yeah. chain because there was something oh. that we yeah because oh, at, right. at the convention of Tinsig there was the the big anti magic pool there. That's right. Like where you fought yeah. the chain demon, you were like, "What if I took this thing that's got that's totally magical and?" has a magical connection to me and put it in the anti-magic pool. I guess you didn't know I that. I didn't know it was that. That's, yeah, we didn't know it was anti-magic until after he did that. Yeah. You did dip. You were like, let me, dip, let me get a little dippy dip. Yeah, I was supposed to look like... Uh, I think... No, so no, it's, you dipped your hand in it because yeah. you wanted it to not be gold anymore. That severed the connection to the egg. And because the egg yes. was eating That's off right. of your energy, it starved to death. Yeah, you didn't check thing. up on it for like another month. <sighs> My Tamagotchi is just like, it's easy to forget, bro. <laughs> I would, yeah. Um, so for me, because I think that the, the chain, like he, he had, it made, he kept grappling us or something, right? We had to break out of that. And yeah. it, it was so frustrating for me. I was like, we're never going to get, we're never going to leave here. And that was like, for me, it's like, I sensed the most danger in that fight, I think, early on. Mm. Most of Devin fucking murdered my character, then fuck all you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Mm. Okay. Hey. I, I do have one. <laughs> Unless you're still going. No, I'm just talking shit. Okay. Um, sadly, it was not Devin's game. He did not scare me enough <laughs> in C3. Um, probably when I first started playing d and I'll bring it back to a character everyone knows I've played, was Abix. Um, and in her like initial campaign, basically going through a fight uh, against some cult members and they're performing the ritual and whatever and i think i don't think well other games and other campaigns i've felt quite a lot but this is like one of the scariest things that happened in a game that made me feel anxious possibly almost dying uh there was like a giant pool of blood coming in from all the sacrifices the cultists did and is trying to bring in like the two newest sacrifices and I had to fight tooth and nail to like try and save the party NPC with the other player characters in that game. We lost fucking, I was heartbroken <laughs> after that game. It was very dramatic, very stressful. Mm, um, yeah. But that's where I got got. Dwayne knows how to push my buttons uh, when it comes to, to feeling the heat in battle because he will put bystanders at stake mm -hmm. and that's like the cheat code for making me give a shit about combat it's just like no help the people yeah I think mine yeah, definitely you, you comes in you demonstrated that pretty early on in campaign one and even as like a character who didn't give a shit Kristoff uh, was less I, I, I feel like it, I really brought it to the table with Lucian no see I felt it more no I mean for me how I recognized yeah. it in you was when you were trying to rally the people for the Oxbane fight. You could oh, tell. I just wanted to be a charismatic leader. Yeah, and that shows that like you're using those people, like that you care about that. And and even no, he used them like a tool. He was evil. <laughs> he was a sociopath. Right. I picked that up from you then. He was a terrorist. 
<laughs> you picked it up. Yeah, that was that was that was chainsaw leaking through the silver mask. <laughs> well, thank you guys. It's it's been an honor, a privilege. Um, any final things you guys want to say before we call it? No, I, I just want to hear your your cool sign off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, see. This is where I get to have fun and just throw the ball at Devin and say something stupid. <laughs> Bye, Devin. That <laughs> doesn't work for me, dude. Ah, shoot. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for, for listening in. Really appreciate you, and I hope you listen to the next episode of CPU Say It. Talking stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Definitely worth the wait.